Thank you so much for listening to The Deep in 2023. For fresh content that never stops, subscribe to The Deeper and take advantage of our 14-day free trial. Here on The Deep over the holiday season, I'll be sharing some interviews I've done with other amazing podcasts, me being the one interviewed, so it's a little bit different, and a few of my all-time favourite episodes. I hope you enjoy, have a merry festive season, and stay safe. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Because there's so much emphasis on penis in vagina intercourse and actually like oh there's so much juiciness outside of that you know outer sex and you know it's um a woman just receiving like one night just you be in the receptive role and you receive pleasure in any way that you want welcome to the deep i'm zoe marshall In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. Rosie Reese is a pussy whisperer. Amongst other things like crystal sex toy entrepreneur, relationship coach, nude yoga founder of Naked Yoga... She is just so insightful and wise and is wanting to connect us back to the vulva, but also shares ways in which we need to amplify pleasure and sex and connection. So fascinating. So juicy. I probably reveal too much of myself, but here we are. Enjoy. Rosie Reese, welcome to The Deep. Thank you for having me. You are many things. Pussy whisperer, crystal sex toy entrepreneur, nude yoga founder of the Naked Yoga Movement, relationship coach, uh, amongst I think many other hats, right? But that's that's kind of like the guts of it. Mm, that's it in a nutshell. As, yeah. as well as a lover, a woman and all of those things, like Let's dive right into the pussy because we have a lot to cover today, a lot. (laughs) Before we started this, you said to me, it would be really great for you to look at your pussy um, and everyone else that owns a pussy to do that because many women don't even know what they look like. No, most, most women, most girls have never seen their vulva before. Vulva is different to vagina. Yes. So vulva is essentially external and vagina is internal. So when we say vagina, it's kind of like calling our face a throat, if that makes sense. So we've been saying it wrong this whole time and continue to do so. Yeah. And the the word, I still use the word vagina, of course, um, but it does really mean sheath for a sword in Latin. And it's just Mm. such a harsh 
harsh word, but I do use it when I'm referring to that internal passageway in, in the female body. Um, but a, I usually call it a, either a vulva um, or even a yoni or a pussy. Yoni, yes, we're going to get into that. Oh, my gosh, a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm. So I looked at her and she's like a, she's like a good friend, isn't she? She's a very um, lots of mystery and also a wonderland. That's how when I looked at her, I said, you are a wonderland. So everyone else that is listening, pause this, go into the bathroom or a private space, wherever you are, if you're in public, <laughs> and take a little look-see at your friend and give us some love because what we're feeling and seeing, and because I follow your brilliant social media, which we'll put in the show notes, brilliant, is that there is a disconnection between women and their vulvas, like a huge disconnect. Can we discuss this? Oh, definitely. It runs so deep, you know, as little girls were told not to look at it, not to touch it, um, certainly not to pleasure it. We're not told, like for me, for example, I had zero sex education from my school system, um, but also zero from my mom or my family. So for me, that part of my body was always such a mystery. And like, I didn't know that we had for example, three pelvic openings. I didn't know that my wee came out of a urethra and that my was vagina a, hole. That was a big day. That was a big day when I was like, so which is the wee-wee hole? Is that the fanny hole? Like why isn't anyone telling us what is happening down there? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And it's like because boys, it's like so external, right? They see it, they touch it, they feel it. When boys touch it, it's kind of funny. But then if a girl touches it, we're often ha- our hand is smacked away. Whoever catches us, if it's a, a mom, a dad, a grandparent, um, they usually, you know, shame us. And that mm. has such a deep, oh, long ongoing effect. Was then the first time that you were like, okay, this is what a vagina is for? Was that through like adult tapes or movies or like who was your guide? I, I mean, I didn't have a guide um, when it came to my relationship to my yoni. I was my own guide. I've always felt like even going to sleep as a little girl, I used to cup my yoni, cup my vulva, and it used to just feel really safe and it felt like home for me. Um, so I definitely didn't have any any kind of um, even uh, sex scenes in movies and stuff. I, I never got to see that because I wasn't allowed I had a very (laughs) um sheltered upbringing um so when it when it all came out when I like even when I got my first period Zoe I didn't even know what was happening I was in total denial I didn't get any preparation but this isn't uncommon this is what most girls upbringing of you know their body and their sexuality is like and their menstruation and so that is why there's this like immediate disconnect but then I think it goes to another level obviously this is very nuanced but um as a sexual partner how women feel they need to turn up you know it seems like the pussy is just for the pleasure of the man you know it's a one-way street and I know that's definitely the narrative around that is changing now but that's still a very ingrained story for a lot of women and I think a damaging one is this something that you're seeing all of the time oh my god it's I call it the good girl syndrome and we've been brought up to be these good little girls 
And then there's this huge gap between the good little girl and then becoming an adult woman who's expected to be multi-orgasmic. Yes, like a lady on the street and a freak in the bed. Right? It's so confusing. It is. It's like we're meant to be these innocent good little girls, but then we're meant to be this sex object basically or this you know really empowered sexual woman it's like actually and this is where my work kind of comes in is bridging that gap between girls that have been taught like you know especially if you've had religion added in there or any Mm. sort of strict culture um and I had you know throw in a bit of Catholicism in there in my upbringing and yeah I, I had I stored so much sexual shame um because I thought I was going to hell for having sex and it wasn't until I was about 26 um, when I let that go, yeah, it was late. Twenty six. <laughs> you held on. To I thought I was going to hell. <laughs> oh, you poor thing, you poor darling. That is scary. It's like weighing it up, and then if you have bad sex, you're like, was that worth the hell? You know, like, is that even <laughs> worth it? Oh my god, oh, totally. I cried after my first time having sex, and I don't like to call it losing my virginity because I don't feel it's just virginity is a construct, and we don't lose. We shouldn't be um, losing anything. Um, but yeah, the first what time a I beautiful sex, thing to like acknowledge because we are all taught that. You know, it's this thing and it's got all this weight to it. And it does. But at the same time, you're not losing yourself. You're not losing part of yourself. And the man doesn't gain that part of you like, you know, a notch in his belt. You're so right. Well, exactly. And often a woman's, a girl's first experience intimately or sexually is so bad. And something that I work (laughs) with women around is actually popping their own cherry so whatever age it was that you, yeah lost your your virginity um to to actually uh recreate that experience with yourself you know in an intimate setting um during self-pleasure you can also do it with your partner um if they're on board with it but basically uh, reclaiming your sexuality your yoni and having a really beautiful experience because I would say 95% of people have had a really bad experience and that can really tarnish you. That can really create a negative perception of sex going forward Mm. in your life. So trauma, right? I've had some, and many people listening to this will have had some sexual trauma. That is something that I'm currently working on releasing because we know, and you know, especially that the vagina holds trauma. Can you talk to us a bit about this and ways in which you work with women to clear? Mm, Yeah. The vagina, the vulva, um, or the the womb space, the yoni, Mm. it stores memories. It remembers. I like to think of it like it, it does have a memory. And when negative things happen in that space, she does tend to hold on to them. And Mm. that can present as pain, numbness, tension, um, disassociation. Like a lot of women that I talk to feel quite disconnected from the belly button down. Like they literally feel they don't even own or belong or aren't even attached. Like a Barbie, like just like it's just like a dead zone. A hundred percent. They can't even feel it. Like it's, it's, that's how deep trauma can go. Um, Complete disassociation. What a shame as well, right? Because the pussy or the yoni is such a pleasure palace 
that women would be listening to this going, I feel super disconnected. This is the place I birth my babies and my husband and I like have sex three times a year. And that's just the place I've arrived at. This is what it means to me. It's such a disservice, right? Like I really want you to shake these women up and go like, let's introduce you to this beautiful part of yourself that you can explore with or without someone and like use it like a wonderland. Yeah, and it's often it's a lot of women who've actually given birth Mm. feel very disconnected and whether that's because of birth trauma or just, you know, um, in, in general, just most women feel quite numb in that area. Can I share something? I remember my best friend, he's a gay man, said to me, don't you let your husband watch your babies come out because he will never go there again. First of all, gay man, I love that. But (laughs) he said he heard Elvis Presley. Priscilla said that when Elvis saw that she had the baby, he never, ever, ever had sex with her ever again. It was dead right? And so he gave me this like warning before I birth, which was so unhelpful. Um, Don't let him see it. So obviously my husband's down the party end when I give birth. And um, I was so surprised. He's going to kill me for oversharing this, but how much more connected and aroused he is post-birth, like, and always wants to be down there always wants to be giving me the pleasures with the mouthers down there. And I was like, wow, it's such, I don't know if he is like an awakened being, but I think he's just a man. Why there is this thing that it is ruined or tainted post-birth? It just, can you help me break it all down? I'm just, oh, I'm I'm, bless your friend, but that is one of the worst pieces of advice I've ever heard. And I've heard, I've seen memes floating around about like men seeing their favorite pub burn down or something. Yes. And like throwing a sausage down a hallway. You know, we've heard of all of these disgusting jokes. It's so toxic. It really is. It's like, this is, you know, where we've really come undone. Like women, I feel are, how powerful are we? We bleed every month. Mm-hmm. yet we don't die. We grow a new organ inside of our organ, inside of our womb. It creates a placenta all by itself. You know, we, we create life in the uterus. And we birth it outside of a vagina, like a watermelon out of like a mm-hmm. tiny little hole. Mm-hmm. And, yet, and yet somehow the patriarchy, and this is not man-hating whatsoever, love men, but somehow over the past 2,000-odd years, we've really like we've just squashed women and because that is the most like if men were able to do that like they would just be you know you'd be put up on a pedestal if you could do Mm -hmm. something like that and we Mm -hmm. can have multiple orgasms and all the things yes and yet it's not celebrated and also you want us to be a whore when you want us to be a whore but then you want us we're disgusting when it's like we're bleeding or when whatever it is we've just had a baby you know I I I and it is the patriarchy, and that is, I, I think that's just plain and simple, that, that mm-hmm. society and especially our culture has created these stories around the vagina is okay when it is freshly clean and freshly um, clippered or shaved or waxed or whatever, and it has to be wet on tap or tight and this, like all of the things, but then we can't welcome the reality. You know, 
I remember seeing Moddy Body. Do you know they they do the um, period undies? I do. I'm an ambassador. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, I just did um, a post to them on period sex. So. <laughs> oh, my God. That is another thing. So I remember seeing in their ad a blood clot in the shower. Do you remember that? No. Did you see that? And I was like, fucking Yes. Show the fucking blood clot. Like that was revolutionary. Risky, but revolutionary. I show my followers me watering my plants with my menstrual blood. (laughs) And I got, I mean, I got a lot of unfollows that day, but I mean, (laughs) shouldn't that be the most, because it's the most, uh, you know, rich, fertile blood. And I I love to water my plants. And actually they they thrive after I do Do it. So. There's so many chapters of this. I mean, you are a podcast like season in itself, but I want to move on to that trauma, right, that we are holding and that these stories that these women, whether it is sexual trauma or just head confusion, disconnection, what are ways in which you help women recover or start the relationship again? I know that's a big question. Mm. it's there's two two ways the first one is through communication just through consistent talking about it actually talking about it in in just in one session women are often like I've never spoken to anyone about any of this I've held this in as a secret Mm. for 45 years um, or whatever it is Mm. and and they just just talking it out loud is incredibly therapeutic and actually heals layers of shame and guilt and fear that have been held in that space. The allowing the vagina to speak, right, to be heard, to be validated isn't a joke. Like it's literally allowing space for it to feel and be be seen and heard, I think is one of the biggest elements of that, right, when you're exactly. trying to reconnect. Yeah. I often talk about how, you know, the head, our mind, our brain has intellect, wisdom, our heart has has a, a brain in itself and our pussy has wisdom and an intellect and mm. it, it really does give you signs. She communicates, I call it a she, she communicates to you through her microbiome, through her um, ability or inability to orgasm through her dryness or wetness, yes. um, through infections, you know. Yes. You get- Can I tell you, oh, my God, you're getting me so excited. I remember <laughs> one of my very good friends was being cheated on and she didn't know she was being cheated on at this time and found out soon after. And she had vaginosis. Am I saying that right? Bacterial vaginosis. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yes. yes. And her pussy was literally repelling her partner even though she hadn't found out he was cheating, she did soon after. But isn't that the most like energetic thing you've ever heard? Like the vagina this, was repelling. The that's curtain. so funny you say that. So I've had, so there was an, a couple of years ago, I was sleeping with an, well, a couple of times I was sleeping with an unavailable man. Both times after sex, I came home and after a day or so, I got BV which is, yeah, like you said, stenchy pussy. <laughs> and I'd never had it before I went to the doctor and I was like, what is going on? I stink. Like, I hate this. This is so embarrassing. And it really was. 
And I realized, and I did a little bit of research around it. It's kind of like um, Louise Hayes, you can heal your life and finding like, what does it mean when, yes. you know, your I vagina have a stanky has puss. a stanky puss and it is like a stink bomb, Zoe. It's like your pussy is letting off a stink bomb to repel because she's pissed off. She's angry. She's feeling like she's not safe. So of course she's not going to be her normal state of pH. That is so, because you've written before that the pussy has its own psyche, right, which you just mentioned, which is connected to our own heart centre and our own mind centre or brain centre, which is all intrinsically linked, right? So just like we give so much emphasis to like the gut being the second brain, the pussy is literally the, it's the mental. The brain. Yeah, or the mental connection between the brain and the body. And we're buying into the patriarchy by not listening to her and by squashing her and by being grossed out by things. Like I've just started talking to my son. Such an interesting thing when you have small children that are learning about body parts and he saw my menstrual blood and the first time he was very concerned because, you know, blood usually is like a wound or a sore. And then I was explaining to him why it happens and how it happens and he's fascinated and now when I bleed he's like is that menstruation and it's just this beautiful thing because I want him to grow up going this is wondrous and this is respected and this is honored and in fact I'm going to step up and be there and be more present for a woman during a time that she might need more support in some way and she might not like each you know different strokes for different folks but I've really been aware of this thing because I have lived with it for so long with that shame and getting a period really early and the stories that we as women hold on to, that it's just been a really, uh, it has to be a conscious thing for me to bring forward. And I want to bring this up now because it takes me to my next point of when that woman on maths said she wanted to have sex on a period and it brought this whole thing up about is it gross, is it not gross, what does it mean? I did a Q&A on it just recently and you've just done a post on it recently. Can we discuss the period sex? Absolutely. Is it firstly worth it, worth the red towel or the brown towel going on the bed or being in the shower? Is it worth, I mean, People were saying it's more painful. Some are saying I'm hornier and it helps my cramps. Can you just break it down? Mm. Well, first I created a waterproof squirt blanket for free bleeding. And so if, yeah, it's nice to have something beneath you that you know it's not going to leak through to your um, your bedding and couch. And I think that's a mental layer of fully letting go during period yeah. sex. Um Period sex, like I, every month for me is different. Like some months I want it on day one to, because I'm in so much pain, some months actually having sex helps. Yeah, it does because it obviously the orgasm creates all these happy hormones in your body and you do have less cramping. Um, And then other months it feels like a no-go zone. Like it's just I need to cleanse, I need to clear. This is not a time for sex. Um, and I feel like just seeing all those men's, um, their facial expressions, they did look like little boys, like cringing. Yes. Like, oh my goodness. Like I remember the first time I took my menstrual cup out, um, and in the, in the shower and I was with my boyfriend at the time, he nearly fainted 
He'd never seen it before and he was disgusted. And I said, this this could actually be a bit of a deal breaker. And over the space of the year, he got, you know, a little bit more uh, comfortable with it, but he was mm. still not okay. And I feel like what you're doing now with your son, Zoe, is like that's rearing a partner, a husband, a lover down the track that is open-minded to this mm. because it's not a time that's dirty. It is a time that some women, not all women, but feel, you know, they want to be stimulated, aroused, turned on. I often don't orgasm. Um, when I'm bleeding just because there's so much swelling and there's a lot going on, but just the feeling of penetration and intimacy makes me feel better. Can you tell me then about free bleeding? Because I don't, I am assuming it's just like you go to bed and you can just let it all out. Yeah. So my partner sleeps naked and she, um, when I created these blankets, she was just relieved because she could sleep naked um, and continue during her period and not need to um, wear period undies or whatever. So free bleeding for some women is like if you don't want to wear a tampon or a menstrual cup or period undies, it can feel quite nice to just let the blood flow and come out. So whether you're lying down, napping, meditating, sitting on the couch and watching Netflix, It's like, I don't know about you, but I spend most of the day naked, even before jumping on this podcast. I was like, wait, I need to put clothes on. Um, And so I quite like the feeling, even if I'm just sitting reading a book and sitting down and just letting the blood come out, it feels feels really um, quite primal, to be honest. Mm. More washing? A little bit more washing can get a little bit messy, don't get me wrong, Um, but... Worth it for you and for those that love it. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I love period. I'm all for period. I love the feeling of feeling my blood come out of my body, whereas my partner doesn't really like that feeling. So, you know, she'll often wear a menstrual cup. Everyone's so different. It's so, it is so individual. Okay. Enough on the bleed. I want to move on now to squirting. (sighs) So a lot. There's a lot here. Back in the day, it was like this hype thing, you know, girls that can squirt, girls that can't squirt, boys that want to be with girls that squirt. I remember, this is no effing lie, I won't tell you which celebrity, came up to me in a club, a very high-profile American celebrity, was chatting to me, you know, flirting. He said, so are you a squirter? (laughs) And I was like, Oh, wowie. Okay. Um, I've got to go get a drink. And I was just like, first of all, like we were, I didn't feel like we were there in the conversation, but it was, it was such a thing that stayed in my mind forever that a guy of this kind of status went around town and to nightclubs and just asked girls this, because this was obviously what he was after. So this novelty, is it or again, worth it? Oh, I just him asking you that just makes me it almost can feel like sometimes men do like to make a woman squirt for almost for their ego. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I feel the way that it's portrayed in porn is for that, you know, as well. It doesn't yeah. feel like it is a female um, energized. 
um, or celebrated moment. It feels like it is something for the man to achieve. So, mm, and very forceful and vigorous. Um, yes. Often looks yes. quite violent almost. Yeah. Yes. So tell me, is it worth it? Like the sensation of it and the practice of getting there? Because you actually have a course on it. I do, squirt school. Yes, it's, I feel like it is worth it. But just to backtrack a little, I was not a squirter. Um, my first orgasm was a clitoral orgasm when I was 17 and my boyfriend gave it to me. I didn't even know I had a clitoris um, at that stage. And mm -hmm. after we ended our relationship, I then found the world of vibrators and became heavily reliant on vibrators for the next five plus years mm. and would have these clitoral orgasms, which felt amazing. And it wasn't until I was 26 when I did all this sexual awakening healing work which included the yoni, you know, using a yoni egg, um, doing a lot of sexual healings, womb healings. After that, uh, I, after about, it was a couple of months, I was having sex with my boyfriend at the time and all of a sudden the floodgates just opened. Um, I was feeling so incredibly safe and held and aroused and he would just be, you know, sliding his penis in and out of me. And we were in a certain position on a couch. He was kneeling like it was, it was a position I'd never been in before. I'd never been in this experience. And every time he would pull out his penis, I would squirt. Mm. I totally ruined the couch. Um, <laughs> waterproof thing. But um, after that, and basically once I started, I, I have been able to do it myself. Um, and have partners do it don't get me wrong some partners have not been able to do it to me and there's been times when I've um, self-pleasured or masturbated and I haven't squirted so it's not like a tap that you turn on and you just can't switch it off I do believe there's ways of like stopping yourself because I've actually had women reach out saying how do I stop squirting I'm making a mess everywhere and it's full on um it's Zoe it's not like a typical clitoral peak orgasm it's not like this rush 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 climax and then drop off it's almost like these, I call it like waves, like waves um, of, of release and surrender. And mm. they kind of, you feel like you could just keep going and going and going. Whereas for me, when I have a clitoral orgasm, it's like, boom, done. And I'm probably going to fall asleep now. Um, whereas the squirting and internal orgasms, the cervical orgasms, they do, they last, they're a lot more sustaining and much more, I would call it euphoric. You feel wow. like you're going into a transcendental state. But that wow. doesn't happen for everyone. And sure. I think a lot of people feel like they squirt and they're like, oh, that was a bit of a buzzkill. Like it didn't actually feel how Live it up to the hype. Yeah. 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 Interesting because I, I often wondered if it was a real thing, and obviously it is, but in porn it can look, I don't even know what they do. I've spoken to some porn stars and they just say that they drink a lot and then they pee pee um, on cue for like a shot. But for your experience, it's a, it's a real fluid. It can really happen. Can you like male ejaculate, hold it and then release it? Uh, yeah, you can. I often, when I'm teaching people how to have this orgasm, I'll often explain. So, for example, if we're using, um, there's a glass wand called the sacred squirter and it kind of presses up against the G-spot. And you can use just your fingers as well and do that kind of come hither motion. Like, for example, my partner is a squirter and 
I can make her squat or I cannot make her squat. And it totally depends on my manual dexterity and, and stimulation. Like if I do want to make her squat, I know exactly where to press and how to hook my fingers and what rhythm and what pace. And if she needs a little bit of clitoral touch um, and, you know, she's got to really breathe into her belly and feel fully relaxed and fully safe. There's so many elements to squirting. It doesn't just like with a clitoral orgasm, generally you can just rub it or put a vibrator on top and you, you will probably have a climax, but with squirting, yeah, you do need to be hydrated enough as well. And then when you're doing that massage of the G zone or the G spot, it's like an area inside the anterior wall of the vagina, it does start to swell and that's the urethral sponge. And so that presses up against the urethra. And the thing is when you're really turned on, it actually swells so much that it kind of closes the urethra. So, so that we doesn't come out. So like, you know how, when men have sex and and ejaculate, they don't, we at the same time, they're, they're aroused and it kind of, it, it, it opens up a, a different channel and the same for women. It's this prosthetic fluid that is released when the skein's glands that are on either side of the urethra are stimulated. And it can kind of be a little more milky and sweet. They call it Amrita, which is like the nectar of the gods in tantric tradition. And and I'm sure, Zoe, there's people out there who are peeing. <laughs> and for some people, they can feel really good, like urinary orgasms are totally a thing and there's absolutely no shame I think a lot of people shut down squirting because they're so scared that they're going to pee but like yeah. what what is really that bad about that like it's you know as long as you're with a partner or yourself and there's no judgment like it's not the worst thing in the world that could happen that's true gosh it's fascinating it's fascinating it also seems like a lot of work to like learn it you know, like I'm looking at my schedule at the moment. I'm like, where, <laughs> where can I fit this in? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I want to go into yoni massage slash mapping. Mm. And have you ever been a yoni masseuse? Briefly, maybe seven years ago, I, I was. And it was an incredible, incredible experience. It's like a full body massage um, on the back and then and obviously checking in uh, with a woman and making sure, you know, she feels comfortable and safe. Um, and then a breast massage, checking in all the time. Is this, does this feel comfortable for you? How do you feel? What's coming up? Releasing emotion. Then a tummy massage vulva massage and sometimes it'll just stay right there it'll just be you know even her cupping her yoni her her vulva and then other times there might be some internal massage um, particularly if she's you know there's some tension or pain or numbness that she she does want to release 
there's someone amazing called Bonnie Bliss who does yoni mapping and she started a course um, and has I think like 20 odd facilitators all around Australia. They yoni massages Zoe can go for up to five hours and what? I think she, yeah, I couldn't handle the the amount of time and um, that would go into them and I, I there's so many amazing yoni massage people and I think you've you really got to hear it word of mouth and hear from a lot of women that it's the right person because you don't just want to show up to someone who says they do yoni massage you want it to make you know that they're um you know like someone from that bonnie has trained when we're talking though about this and the times in which you experienced it is it erotic no not not really um i've had many yoni massages myself received from men and from women and from different facilitators all over the world and there's for me, when receiving a yoni massage, there's been times where I've cried like a baby, like I've just something has just released and it's mm. been incredibly healing. Um, there was another time where um, the practitioner pressed on a spot inside of my vagina and I started convulsing. It, like my whole body started shuddering and twitching and moving and I started mm. crying and releasing. And for me, that's how I know, that's how I know that there is stored stuff. You don't even really need to know exactly what it is. Like I didn't know what I was releasing in that moment. Yeah. That felt, it felt orgasmic. It wasn't an orgasm, um, but it was being released in my body through those those shudders and those movements. Um, and then I've had others that have turned quite um, erotic, but that was because I was seeing the person who, you know, was the facilitator at the time. and Got it. Because yeah. I think I've, I've always had this incredible business idea of creating a rub and rub for women. <gasps> I know. I know. If you, don't anyone listening steal my idea. It's still in the works. So <laughs> it's so like. I thought of this. <laughs> so it's like obviously a rub and tug, but it's a rub and rub for the women. And I just thought of it being in a beautiful luxe environment, lots of different nationalities. So you can pick, you know, what gender what flavor you would like and then you could just get the massage or you could tick a box at the end that's a happy ending this is brilliant this is genius Zoe. this like i feel like there's so much shame around like or like there's so much normalizing men getting a rub and tug and a happy ending and i'm like where is it for women yes <laughs> sometimes i do want a happy ending that's not related to anything else like you know just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I haven't got urges mm, so what do is there anything like that no not well not really not uh, the thing is it's you you want to make sure that these people who are doing the the rub and tugs are trained and know how to hold safe space and mm -hmm. maybe a trauma informed because just because mm. a woman might want to go there the thing is is potentially with men having a rub and tug is a bit more transactional and they can separate it for a woman, potentially not. So yeah. it, although it is a fantastic idea, I feel like. You'd need really yeah. good therapists. You'd really need good therapists. really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cost on one massage would be so expensive because you'd have this like premium. So if a woman is wanting an erotic massage, she would generally just book a sex worker. It seems that way because I have friends here in Perth where, who are um, 
they do what they call double goddess sessions. So it's two women and it's, you know, massaging the man and, you know, massaging his penis. And it's actually not to ejaculate, but it's just so common. Like if you go on to Lacanto or different websites, there's so many women offering these services for men, but there's actually not really any men offering these services for women. And I mean, that's for a good reason because you just don't know who to trust. Yeah. It's so interesting because I just wondered if maybe yoni masseuses are sometimes booked with the wrong agenda, you know? Potentially, yeah. I feel like there is definitely a space for women who want to just experience a massage with a bit of a rub on her clitoris at the end. Like, mm. I mean, I get turned on in waxes, like getting a Brazilian wax. I can't help... I like any touch, even if a massage therapist rubs up against my thigh, I don't know if my clitoral network just extends down into my groin, but which Mm. I feel like it does for every woman, but I can't help but feeling like flutters of arousal. It's just a natural, um, you know, response in my body. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it would be great if there was a more of a, um, a certified safe list of people that you could go and have a neurotic massage with no shame and feel really held in that space. I also think, look, I've, I'm an explorer, you know, that I love learning and having the highest information to live a full life. So always knew that it's so funny. One of my first sexual experiences with my husband was, he's just a great lover that I was like, I will marry that. That will do me. And um, it was always our chemistry is still electric after all of these years. But I remember someone saying um, there's this incredible, like, um, sensuality, sexuality therapist in Byron Gosea. And I was like, let's go see. And he's like, we don't need that. I was like, we just don't know, though, like what else there is to explore. And we went and we saw this woman And I'm so glad we did because, and you would teach all of this and I'm sure people can contact you after, but like just practicing giving and receiving and totally receiving as a woman without giving anything back is such a mind blowing exercise. Because there's so much emphasis on penis in vagina intercourse and actually like, oh, there's so much juiciness outside of that you know outer sex and you know it's um a woman just receiving like one night just you be in the receptive role and you receive pleasure in any way that you want and it hasn't got to do with anything to do with the man or his penis or your partner and then switch because men obviously need to know how to receive and not necessarily give because when we're in that um receiving and then need to give you're not really fully present with what's coming up for you. If you're thinking, oh, shit, I've got to roll over and give my partner head now. Yeah. I need to move on to naked yoga because mm-hmm. let me just, I'm just going to say what everyone's thinking. Um, first of all, gross, because I'm going to see someone's bum hole in front of me. Ah. And then like, what does my vagina look like in that position when I'm doing this thing? And then what about the bodily fluids? And what if, you know, he's got a bit of poop on his butt, like all of that stuff. Can you help me? (laughs) Oh my God. I love hearing what people, where their mind goes when I say this. So, okay. First of all, no bums in faces. I have structured my workshops that are three hours long to be in a circle. 
So if Thank you're God. on hands and knees, okay. if you're in downward dog, there is absolutely <sighs> no one behind you, no no one looking into it. Because when I first ran my very first naked yoga class in 2014, there were bums in faces and let's just say that wasn't a pleasant experience. And Confronting. I learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> confronted. So number two. Bodily fluids. Okay. Oh, well, actually, number two, it's it's female uh, or vagina owners only in my classes. I okay. did used to teach uh, couples naked yoga, which we can talk about another day. Um, but bodily fluid, yes, we do sweat. We get boob sweat. We get like um, your vaginal lubrication sometimes does come out. I mean, not you're not restricted. You have nothing containing your your yoni or your body. So um, there is fluids. And I do recommend everyone to have a shower, obviously, before they come for hygiene reasons. Everyone mm. brings their own mat. Everyone brings their own towel. Mm. And um, what was the third fear you had? A bit of poop on his butt. But you oh, said poop. you're in a circle, so we wouldn't see his poop on his butt anyway. Oh, yeah, there's no men in there. <laughs> and there's no he. <laughs> okay. What is the point, though, versus me with, like, just a little like a bike short? Like, what's the point? So when you're naked some magic happens you you really it's incredible actually you you're very present with your body you're very aware of your body and a lot of stories rise up around your body so like oh what a you know there's things that run through your head am I going to be the biggest person in the class am I going to be the person with the smallest boobs or the biggest boobs or am I the oldest like there's all these things that come mm. up it's it's really about shedding your layers of clothes obviously but also what comes with that is you start to shed these layers of inhibitions of fears of Mm. conditioning that tells you to cover the fuck up I remember my mum telling me when I was five years old to put clothes on Mm. and I was like but but why we lived on a farm I just wanted to run around and, and dry myself after a shower without a towel it seemed so, and I was like, I don't understand why I have to put my clothes on. So there's all these layers of conditioning that we've been told and even, you know, us being objectified as women if we're naked, like, and sitting around in a women's circle naked, like there is actually nothing more empowering and liberating. And the, the, the stories that you let go, like seeing the women come in as one version of a totally anxious mess because, you know, most people on a Friday night aren't going to a naked yoga class. <laughs> and then seeing them walk out and seeing them just hug women at the end or just like stand around and eat the chocolate, you know, butt naked and, and like without even batting an eyelid. The transformation, that's what I'm interested in. I love seeing yes. people get from A to B. So it's not about the nakedness. It's actually about what happens when they are naked. Well, it's about the vulnerability, I think. And, yeah, it's it's that transformation that happens internally, which then helps them become more physically comfortable in their body mm. and in their shape. And it's like it's really about three main things, vulnerability, and reframing vulnerability as a strength because how much fucking lady balls does it take to turn up to a naked yoga workshop? Like that is strength in itself. Number two is courage, the courage to actually show up and do it even though you've been told this is weird and whatever. And third one is just self-acceptance. Like you, I teach the women, it's not really about self-love, which can feel a bit out of reach for some people, but it's really about how can I accept my body exactly where it's at right now and love her anyway yeah. or embrace yeah. her anyway? 
And there's something in seeing other women naked. Like, Zoe, we haven't really seen naked women, real, real naked, women, like, real in the women. Flesh. Yes. Real women, you know, in, in, in person naked. And so, you know, we see them on porn and wherever, like movies, but fuck, they're all like, they, you just compare yourself to that and on Instagram. But when you actually are sitting there and you're seeing all these breasts in different shapes and colors and sizes and butts and cellulite and scars and vulvas, pubic hair, you are like, oh my God, every woman is so beautiful. Mm. And then you start to see that reflection in yourself because you are witnessing women in all their glory. And there's no judgment. Like it's almost like you step into the space and you're all there in the same boat and you're not looking at women going, oh, what's, what's going on there? You're actually, yeah, you just, you're in so much awe of the female form. And you all have this camaraderie by the end because you're like, wow, what the fuck have we been through? And the body image issues that we all share and eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Yes. And, yeah, there's been women who've literally healed themselves from eating disorders and, and really bad self-harm. Um, it's pretty incredible. I feel like we've just skated the surface. A <laughs> <laughs> final question today is who are you when no one's watching <sighs> naked <laughs> scruffy <laughs> quiet uh, tender and yeah i'm i'm maybe not whatever i'm potentially thinks I am uh, soft. I, I am really all of those things and yummy and juicy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing so much beautiful wisdom with us. You've got a lot of offerings. So I'm going to just put all of that in the show notes because people are going to be like, I want the pussy. What was it called? The squirting crystal oh, yeah, wand. Oh, we'll create a code, Zoe code well, for you. Oh, cool. Okay. And they want to get the blanket. Zoe, wanna... Zoe 15. Zoe 15. Zoe 15. 15. Awesome. <laughs> and courses and communication with you. So everything will be there and you have just been a delight. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Zoe. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's the Deep. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. 
it's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.